The reason why Father's Day is one of the days I'm sure restaurants, diners, eating establishments look the least forward to that day on the calendar because it's the one Sunday guaranteed that ain't nobody coming in or if they're coming in, they're being dragged in by the head of the household because they feel like having some wings and beer that night instead of spending some actual time at home with said family. And that family probably don't even want to be with that scumbag, dickhead, asshole anyways. Now, me, listen, I'm not here to man bash, father bash, none of that shit. I got nothing against good fathers. I know plenty of good fathers that are friends of mine. I've seen plenty of good fathers that I've seen from friends of mine growing up, around. You know, they exist. They absolutely do. But I like to differentiate the title of father versus daddy because father is a man who steps up to the plate, takes on the responsibility of being someone's father, not just co-parent, but father. It's not like player one, player two, you got a co-op game going, which is this baby, this child, boy, girl, whatever they identify as, and you got to raise them now for the next 18-year-long mission. Seemingly, appropriately, no. Father is a title you take on and you can never take off. It's a mantle, it's a cape that's sewn permanently onto your person <clears throat> that you can never dispose of unless you choose to. And if you do, I'm sure there's a place nestled away in hell, a corner, whatever, saved specifically for you because you chose to do that yourself. No one told you to leave. The child, the mother most likely ain't going to tell you to leave unless you're a scumbag already and they tell you to leave and you fucking take it upon yourself to do so, fine. But if you do so, you know that you're scum. You know that you're shit. You know that you are not a man. You are not worthy of calling yourself a man. You are just a man capable of nutting from your nutsack into a woman. Wait for the cake batter to fucking have the souffle rise nine months later, then you have a child. But then you don't want to be there for the child. You know, we're not going to touch the Roe vs. Wade shit going on, which is like all kinds of wrong. But... You know, what else are you going to do when big government's involved and they want to just take over and one side versus the other? They can't make up their own minds against one another, let alone what should be the right thing for a woman to choose, I believe. I believe that at least. I think a woman has a right to choose whatever she wants. So, you know, besides the color apron, the match for tonight's dinner and whatever, whatever foundation to put on the face. I'm just kidding, of course. A woman, women have the absolute right to choose whatever they want. That's a given. Woman also has a right to choose if maybe the father in this case or the daddy, the, the guy not ready to full-on play the role of father should no longer be a part of the child's life. And I think deep down inside, all these scumbag fathers, the deadbeats, the ones that run off on the child, the ones that, you know, beat the child, do more than just beat the child, you know what I mean, I don't want to touch that at all whatsoever, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally abused a child. What are you there for? What are you good for? Obviously nothing. I think deep down inside you know that too. Maybe it could be in certain situations that cycle of, well, I got treated that way, so it's the only way I know how to treat someone else that's my child, that's playing my role that I played when I was younger, so it's the only thing I know how to do. No, it's wrong. You gotta be the one in charge, a.k.a. a man, enough to break those chains, free yourself of those things that scarred you, that hurt you in the past, and not transfer that over to who you're supposed to raise. Lovingly, care for, raising to be somebody that's worthy of giving back to mankind society. I would think so. Because if, if we're going to get personal, per se, you know, I don't think I've ever really shared too much in detail or, or too much to, uh, of the effect of my own personal experience. And I really won't because I know what I went through and I know compared to me, people have gone through so much worse than <clears throat> I could even care to share or offer like that. <sighs> Up front, first off, my dad never beat me. And I call him dad only because literally that is what he was he was the guy that nut in my mother to make me happen you know i was already i guess a troublesome child if you ask my mother because i was a c-section baby so shout out to all the c-section birth born children out there like me don't be ashamed because that i'm with you too only because i was dying 
only because they had to pull me out like a month and a half, maybe even two months almost ahead of time because I had the umbilical cord wrapped around my neck. A lot of people joke when I tell them that, oh, no wonder you got the deep voice. Your fucking vocal cords have been strained from like the fucking womb. So, of course, maybe that makes sense. I don't know. But um, I had that going on. And also I was like upside down as far as like I was going to plop out feet first outside my mom's pussy, you know, playing peekaboo with my pinky toes and shit. So that's not going to work for the doctor. So they said, you know what? We got to slice you open. We got to pluck that thing out of your guts, ma'am. And just, if he's going to be born, hopefully he's born alive just in time too. Because, um, yeah, they, they, once they plucked me out, I got the cord around my neck. They had to undo that shit. And then there I was, you know, present September 12th, 1985. That's when I was born. So shout out to the Virgos too as well. September babies and, and the such. But, um... That That's me being born aside from that. But also, my dad was, to keep it very short, simple, and plain, because I don't want to drag that on as far as, like, uh, past. It's not so much that it hurts me or it bothers me like that anymore like it did when I was living through it or when I was still, like, freshly removed from that um, life scenario or living through the situation itself. My dad was uh, what we call in Spanish... Mujeriego, which was, uh, I guess, uh, Don Juan, uh, like, um, couldn't keep it in his pants, basically. He was like that from as long as I remember, and I was able to, like, kind of make sense of what was happening as far as him almost looking forward to loving to cheat on my mother just so he could rub it in her face as far as, like, this is all the pussy I can get of all the colors and shades and spectrum of the fucking whatever, spear, uh, whatever, <clears throat> and just rub it right in her face as far as how often he would get another woman. He'd pretty much fuck anything with a pussy and a pulse that would even give him the time of day. That's a given. So that's not the stereotype all Spanish men. I'm sure in all ethnicities there's that, that type of man that exists. Um, there was that. Again, he never got physical with me. And the only reason he never got physical with me, from what I recall, is because my mother would actually step in and stop him, like physically block him from trying to hit me. So then in return, he would end up hitting her. And uh, it, that wasn't so often either, thank goodness. Not like she was regularly getting beat up like that too. But when she did get beat up, it was like, uh, it was always like a lasting thing. Like um, I know when I, was <clears throat> when I was in my mother's stomach when she was pregnant with me, Betty had said, not so much, I don't believe my mother, but you, you also got to take what a Spanish mother tells you with a grain of salt because they like to exaggerate and dramatize a lot. I've had this confirmed by other people that have been able to tell me, oh, yeah, that actually happened, you know, it's crazy, whatever. But those were the times, of course. When my mom was pregnant with me, my dad broke a nose, punched her so hard in the face that she he broke her nose, like knocked out in the middle of the street, and then no one acted as far as, no one reacted as far as to what happened. They just carried on their business. This is back in uh, Peru, of course, where they're both from. Both my parents are Peruvian. Uh, there's that. I mean, there's a lot of shit that went on, too. Like, um, a lot of times I had to see him myself beat her up, which I wasn't proud of because I was too young to really step in. I did step in, but I was, like, too little to make a difference, Betty had said, or really stop anything further from happening. So... You know what it is? I'm, I know, obviously, it, again, this isn't the father bash, daddy bash, man bash, nothing. Because I'm a man, too. And eventually I'll be a father, hopefully soon enough, or whenever that is. But I'm going to know already from my past experience, you know, uh, traumas, emotionally, mostly, whatever, to not do what he did. I'm going to do the total opposite. Because this man would also love to roast me. And I don't even mean roast as in kind of make fun of me or make little jabs or whatever, like jokes at my expense. No, he would re really call me, specifically, he loved to call me two things that you can no longer say. There's one that starts with an F and there's one that starts with an R. <clears throat> that gets you canceled if you use them immediately. So he'd love to use those to describe me best. He liked to compare me to other people's kids where they were more into sports or they were more into like cool things or... Even sometimes, like, oh, I wish, oh, she's cooler than you are. I wish I would have had a daughter instead of the, you know, F.A., whatever the whatever son I got stuck with instead. Because I wasn't in the soccer. I didn't want to start drinking from, like, the age of 10. Or I wasn't, like, 
trying to look up everybody's skirt by the time I was able to like pop some wood and shit. Which, mind you, uh, he left me, he left me and my mother once I was like uh, 12. I, I had to think it over the other day because I, I think I said earlier than that on a past episode, but no, it was like 12-ish when he had left uh, me and my mother. Made me choose if he... If I wanted him to stay or if I was going to stay with my mom instead, I said, obviously, I can't choose because I don't want to lose you. I don't want to lose her. So he's like, okay, then go fuck yourself. I'm leaving. Don't look for me. If you try looking for me, you try looking for me through other people. I'm going to fuck you up. I'm going to come back here just that one time to fuck you up myself. Whatever, whatever. It was just crazy. It was just a mess. Then he came back in my life when I was about, uh... so he had left when I was like 12. Roughly, that's that's confirmed now. Uh, you know, went through the whole teenage years and phases with my mother, single mother by then. You know, we really went through a, a rough time, rougher than we really had to, I feel, just because I had no male role model influence in the house. But <clears throat> also, I wouldn't have learned nothing good from him. I learned enough up until that point to know I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be like him at all. So my mother raised me from that point onwards. Poor, you know, struggling, whatever the fuck, too. But then again, school was free up until that point, so that's okay. College comes around. I only made it to a two-year degree. Associates, Betty had said. So shout out to the boy from the college. Shout out to everybody else who only did a two-year degree, just like I did. No shame in it whatsoever. I did have plans to go to a four-year, uh, to go for broadcasting, journalism, all that, too. But when I graduated from my two-year degree... I had made the plan to work full-time or at least get a couple of jobs to work for a year or so and then pay my way through four years without having to ask my mother for help because she did help me out. She paid for, let's say, the first year, then I had to pay for the second year after working part-time and all that too. So she helped me out because we didn't qualify for financial aid, uh, oddly enough. In our situation, even, we didn't qualify for financial aid at all at any time, not even... Uh, what is it, TAP or FASFA? I couldn't even get a book for fucking free at all from them. They, they they offered me nothing. And I think, oh, yeah, actually because he was filing me as a dependent of his from the moment he left up until I turned 18, it turns out. So on top of all that, too, there was a whole college ordeal there, too. My mom got sick as soon as I graduated with my two-year degree. So, like, my plans of working full-time to save money to go to four-year school Got sidetracked indefinitely ever since then. I haven't gone back since. I, I guys, I'm stuck with the two-year degree, but I'm not ashamed. Again, I'm, I'm like, it actually helped me out in certain situations. So I got that at least going for me. Um, also, leading up to college, there was a whole ordeal. You know, I, I don't know why they put anybody through, especially the child through family court, just for the sake of child support. So when my dad left at 12, he left for good. But then he came up again like six months later to pretty much be like, to confront my mother of all things. And pretty much, this is so odd, but now I understand because I'm older. <clears throat> he pretty much threatened her to be like, okay, you piece of shit. You're going to fucking take me to child support. Uh, you're going to take me to fucking court to sue me for child support. I'm telling you to, and I'm giving you the okay to because I need to file for my green card. The whole point of him leaving was up until that point when I was 12, like for, I think since I was like five, I think he'd been messing around with the same one woman who had a whole ass family, mind you, that, uh, and a husband, so with the family included. He got in so good with her and she was so sprung over his dick that she left her husband who had a good ass job too. He was like a luxury import car mechanic so he only worked on like beamers benzes and above nothing like mediocre like toyotas or hyundais you know shout out to the hyundai owners but i'm not trying to car shame you but that's what he did mostly so only fancy ass cars good ass job and three kids one full grown out the house already and then two that was still like almost my age maybe like a little older she left her husband just to be with my dad to be creeping with him for years and years and years, too. And they all knew about it, too. There was no shame. So he had been with her. The The plan was to leave us, me and my mother, behind so he could finally be with her. I guess he moved in, whatever, too. They still ain't get married. So then six months later, he comes back. 
I need to situate myself green card wise so I can get my green card. You know, fuck you guys. You don't have one, either one of you. So before this pops up and becomes an issue, sue me now for child support. I'm going to settle. I'm going to try to get the least amount of money possible to pay you guys so that I can go ahead and be free to set up my green card situation. And if you don't do it or if you don't do it now or if you decide to do it later while I'm in the middle of the process and that thing complicates me, I'm going to come back and fuck you both up. He'd love, he loved saying that. He loved threatening us physically as much and as often as he could. That's what he loved doing. But he was one of those big talkers, big fucking pussies. Because as soon as anybody his size or bigger confronted him, or if he tried to step somebody and it just so happens they got out from the stool or chair or whatever and they're taller than him, he backed off right away. He tried to talk his way out of bullshit like that. So he loved doing that to us. Uh, there was that. Oh, holy shit. The child support situation was like, I think we got lucky if over the course of like, See, if I was 13 when the whole thing started till 18, over the course of five years, I'll be lucky if he paid us at least four times. And that's back when. I'm not saying they can still do it now, and I'm not saying back when all men lied as much as they could to pay as little child support as possible. <clears throat> but he manipulated his way to fucking say, like, oh, I barely make enough to fucking feed myself, to live, you know, the... The truck I own, because he worked construction. He owned his own construction company and everything. Oh, the, the truck I have is in my friend's name because I can't afford my own. Well, he legit did have it in a friend's name because he couldn't get insurance because he had no papers. So, oh, uh, my truck is leased to somebody else's name for that reason. Uh, I'm just a helper. I pick up the trash at whatever construction sites I can find a job at for the day. I barely make anything. Okay, so what are you saying you can give? You know, to sum it all up. Oh, I can maybe give like uh, 500 a month. So divide that in four. What is that? Like 125 a fucking week we would be getting from this asshole, this scumbag, this fucking liar who, weighed, who made at least 500 at least a day. And that's not the fucking exaggerate nothing. But only because, again, he owned his own construction company. He had his own truck that, yeah, he had insured through someone else because he had no papers. But he paid that thing off himself. And also, he was one of those. He was a con construction company owner and contractor, meaning he was one of those scumbag contractors that everybody feels getting. Fuck all them, by the way. No shout-outs ever to those scumbag contractors. He was one of those that he'd convince you to pay him up front at least with half the shit of what everything will cost you, pocket that shit, come back to work one, two days, day three, he's ghost disappeared you can't find him whatsoever you can't find him on the cell phone the beeper this is like back in the late 90s i'm talking about too obviously can't find him he's he's gone he's disappeared whatsoever and he would just keep making the rounds doing that shit all the time so whatever money he did have he wouldn't come back home to us with that money he'd fucking take that right away to the side piece to that family he had on the side he was fucking maintaining supporting Fully, proudly, meanwhile, I still remember times that me and my mom were so fucking broke. If it wasn't for her finding side jobs, cleaning houses every so often, whatever, we'd be fucking eating with nothing in our stomachs most nights. Or sometimes we'd have like, uh, I still remember a lot of times we had to sell for like Coke and fucking, not even cornflakes, because my mom didn't like cornflakes. She was one of those weirdos, so no cornflake. No, she had to fucking get total brand of... Uh, Cereal, whatever, the blue box, total, red lettering. I hated those fucking things. I still do. I think because I had to eat them so much growing up that I, I don't have the stomach for it anymore. I, I get nauseous looking at the box. So I remember those times we had to settle for that shit. And the child support thing, again, if he paid like four times throughout those years, because it was always, it goes a month, it goes two months, whatever. My mom has to go to fucking court, plead with the judge. You know, I can't find this man. He's not paying his shit. Okay, put out a warrant for him. Boom, they catch him. He's right there. Spends the night in jail. Are you going to pay your shit now? Oh, your honor, I have no money. What do you want me to do? Every time, same fucking sob story, too. And guess who'd fucking bail him out? The woman he was supposed to had been married, had been gotten the green card from. She'd always have to come through, bail his ass out. And then it'd be the same thing all over again. So at some point, like two years in, sorry, maybe like a year and a half in, my mom said, you know, I give up. And then she'd get the notices from court to be like, hey, you haven't been reporting or getting any payment from the man. 
uh, you need to let us know if he has been coming um, on his own to you personally and giving you money or your son giving money. It's like we'd report every time, no, there's no such thing happening. And then we'd have to show up to court just to say, no, he's given us no money whatsoever. He hasn't shown up to me or my son to give money, drop off personally, nothing whatsoever. It's just it always turned into that fucking nightmare. And then. Half the time, I'd have to come in because the judge said so, just to see that I'm alive, that I wasn't, like, sent off to foster care or, like, to fend for myself in the streets or whatever. And I'd just fucking be it. I mean, it was always a good thing to miss a fucking day of school, but for the stupidest reason, we have to get up early, be there early, spend the whole time waiting in between, like, um, whatever, other cases I'm sure going on, too. they tell us to come in briefly, come right back. I'd have to prepare speeches according to the fucking, uh, what do you call them? Um, legal aid lawyers they give you, like the fucking ones working for free because we couldn't afford no fucking lawyer, of course. So that every time we had to talk to the same, like, young girl fresh out of fucking college, uh, you know, Midwestern-ass bitch that, that knew nothing about city life, we'd have to re-explain the whole situation again. My mom would get so emotional start demanding that she'd, try to understand her because she only spoke Spanish, don't speak English. I'd have to fucking translate everything uh, as fast as I can because she'd be like jumping in and fucking adding on and taking away and then being like this and that, whatever. It was a whole mind fuck, really, just having to be there. And I, I fucking hate court. I hate the idea of court. Shout out to never going to court for your own needs or having having to be dragged into court because you did something allegedly. Shout out to all you who've been able to keep a clean track record. I've never been to court and been arrested, nothing myself. That's the only time I've been affiliated with any sort of court ongoing. So, so fuck Jamaica court, fuck all them family court shit. I'm sorry if you had to go through the same shit I went through with all that. It was just harassing. It was like, why even bother, you know? And uh, there was that uh, shit. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember getting along with my father too much either or him willingly want to do stuff with me just because he didn't want to. He'd always fucking remind me like, oh, I wish I had a daughter instead of you because at least with a daughter, I know if she ignored me, it'd be because she's at least fucking around with boys or something. Meanwhile, I'm like 10. I'm like, um, I think we're just learning about this stuff in school, stupid, so I don't know what you're talking about. That's like a 15-year-old you're probably talking about too, getting periods and worrying about boys and glitter on the nails and shit. Whatever, this man was fucking ass backwards in the stinking. He was just such a fucking scumbag, an idiot, a fucking asshole. You know, uh, he came back into my life. Well, after the whole child support thing, like, we just gave up. So that, that's why I was trying to uh, get back to that point. So that was going on. My mom would just deal with that shit. I never seen him ever since, too. Or if I did see him, it'd be glimpses of him at court, like, not even making eye contact, like being as polite as possible to judge, flirting with the judge and shit too. I was like, man, who's buying into this shit? Seriously. And I understand. I know that's been going on a lot too with like these alimony or child support cases where they're paying millions of dollars to the mother and shit too if they're like athletes or celebrities or just well-off men, whatever. God forbid my mother ever would have gotten lucky in that sense or we would have ever gotten lucky. Again, we got paid like four times over the span of five years. And each one of those four times were like $500 at most. And only because he'd been put in the jail cell enough times and had to be bailed out enough times when he was like, oh, you know what? Not even him. That's the worst part. Not even him. The most insulting, the biggest slap to the face was not even him paying that out. It was the fucking, uh, you know, side piece of him, his Actually, let me not even say side piece, just the other woman in his life because my parents never got married either. So shout out to all you bastards out there, literally. Like the textbook dictionary standard definition of a bastard, you're looking at one right now because my parents never got married. They had me out of wedlock in case you don't know what that means, but I'm a bastard. If you're a bastard out there too, literally, shout outs to you. And I'm sure, I think now actually, it's much more commonplace. So it's not even shamed or, or frowned upon. So... Shout out to you guys anyways, too. But I want to use, I'm, I'm a very early version of a bastard. But, you know, there's that, too. So it'd be her. It'd be the other lady. It'd be, I guess you could say, his lover. That Well, his lover make it sound like he's gay. And shout out to LGBTQ plus and all that, but he wasn't gay. Um, he loved using his dick too much to put inside the other women that would, like, that easy. Uh, so, yeah, he um, 
the lady would be the one that had to end up paying the bailer's ass out and be like, oh yeah, you know what? Here's 500, you know, go fuck yourself, you two, or just go feed yourself properly for once in your life for at least a week's worth or something like that. So crazy how that works out. Uh, what was I saying? <clears throat> yeah, never a positive influence on me. Never tried to spend time with me like that either. I would try to spend time with him, but he never wanted to genuinely. So um, when he left, it was like, whatever. And I think I talked about this too in a past episode, maybe two episodes ago, I think with Brendan. Shout out to Brendan, of course. Um, at the time he left, uh, it was right before the end of that school year. So I was 12, let's see, 10, 15, 16, I think like seventh grade, eighth grade, one of those. I can't remember. Obviously, math wasn't my strong point. But um, when he left, I did terrible that rest of the year. I just didn't want to do homework. I was like super depressed. Like that's when my depression really like kind of kicked into overdrive. I already had it because they was always arguing. They was always fighting. They never got along and he was always a piece of shit. So that's when it really kicked into overdrive. And uh, obviously reflected my schoolwork. Never did no homework, nothing. So I had to do summer school. If it wasn't for that year in summer school, a friend of mine that I met at summer school, listening to Howard Stern one morning uh, before classes started, he just told me, we had been talking, we'd been cool already. He was like, oh, hey. Uh, I was like, hey, what are you listening to? That's like so funny. He was like, oh, Howard Stern. Uh, you know about him? He's like, I I've heard of him. Because I knew about him before with like the whole Selena, like playing gunshots over her song controversy from back when, like I think like 95 or something. My mom hated him because of that, but it was all out of context because he literally played like one or two gunshot sound effects over like a song. And make a lighter situation. Of course, someone dying tragically like she did, of course, rest in peace to Selena. Ain't hilarious, but you go back and listen to it. I think it's up on YouTube. It's really taken out of context, really blown out of proportion, but mostly Spanish women. So what else is new? Shout out to all the overly emotional Spanish women that take everything out of context. But yeah, if it wasn't for that kid and Howard Stern that summer, I would have never found like a new life source of being able to laugh, becoming a morning person, thanks to Howard Stern. Shout out to Howard. Uh, I, I might have told this already before. I don't want to share it like the brag or nothing, but I interned for him back when he was on uh, K-Rock 92.3 FM here in New York the year before he transitioned over to satellite radio. So I got the intern for him. But that summer is when I felt like I had a father, oddly enough, at least for like four hours every morning, 6 to 10 a.m. when he used to do his shit live. And I would learn to laugh. I'd fucking enjoy myself, of course. He, you know, then I watched the E! show later on that same night. You know, look at the fucking the, the little people and the strippers and the fucking porn stars and all that shit, too. But I loved how because he was genuinely funny all the time. When he told his stories, how his weekend went, his wife, his kids, whatever else going on, making fun of Baba Booey. Or especially my favorite part was always the news. The news at the very end when, you know, Robin would read the news. He'd just make fun of the news, riff on the news. Him, Fred, Artie. Shout-outs to Artie, too, as well. Big shout-outs to Artie Lang. I love fucking Artie Lang. That was just before Artie came on to the show. So when I caught Stern, it was when Jackie was still on, but he was on his way out. Then they had a whole phase when they were trying to find who was going to fill in Jackie's chair, and then they smartly chose Artie. They were going to go with A.J. Benza, who... I can't stand, and I never found funny or entertaining nothing. So thank God he got into a fight with Stuttering John. I think he just punched him in the head or something like that, and they said, no, you're a fucking animal. We got to get you out of here. So then they fucking took an Artie, and then the rest is history. Shout out again to Artie because he's in a rough spot right now. Still, I think still recouping and all that, but God bless him, and I hope speedy recovery to fucking Artie. He's always been hilarious, met him in person a bunch of times, obviously while he was there at the station, but also doing gigs and such, always been a fucking class acting super nice and chill. <clears throat> but, so in a sense, when my father left, I'm glad he did when he did because I never would have discovered Stern. I, I never would have discovered like my kind of lane or my kind of humor I can relate to directly. And I never would have been influenced enough to be doing this shit as far as uh, this is all concerned. I should have been doing this a lot sooner a lot more regularly, all that too. Maybe I'd be like better off right now, or I would have 
uh, rode that initial wave of popularity of like the first OG podcasters because I've been around from that time, like of all that. But that's ancient history. It's not about you know what you could have done in the past. It's about what you you can do now to make a difference. <clears throat> Shout outs to moving forward with your life and your career and what you want to have happen. So yeah, that's that really. I mean, dads, most dads, not all dads suck. Some dads do suck, but at least I know now. I can reflect on how much my dad suck, sucked to know what kind of father I don't need to be to my children whenever I have them, if I have them, who knows. And knowing that it all lies in me to be the example I need to be. I, I forget the saying how it goes, but I guess when it comes time to you being a parent, you need to be the kind of parent that you would have wanted to have yourself. So I know that, first and foremost, I want to leave this part to shout out all the good fathers out there, the ones that stuck around through tough times, through hard times, through, you know, it does happen to, of course, tough mothers, mothers that don't want them around, or difficult mothers, they might have had shit going on in their minds, in their heads, their hearts, whatever, or just any kind of ordeal, you know, but... Regardless, shout out to all the fathers out there who stuck the course and decided to be there to raise their children. All the sitcom fathers, all the good cartoon fathers, too many to fucking name. You know, all the great fathers in real life you may know yourself, young, old, older. And also, shout out to those that stepped in to fill the roles of the father that was absentee for whatever reason. The grandfathers, you know, the, the uncles you know, the close family friends that were like fathers, or even, they exist too, believe it or not, the good stepfathers that became better fathers than the actual paternal father would have ever been to the child, to the children in question. Shout outs to all you for filling the role of a father and being just that to a child in need of father instead of just settling for daddy or even worse, you know, contributing more to the ongoing generation of the daddy issues generation that we're living through right now. Because like Brendan said, of course, shout out to him always again. He did say the daddy issues that a lot of people have gone through and lived through have contaminated and tampered the dating pool on both ends. Men that can never reach their full potential as men because their father kind of poisoned them or, you know... Um, installed this image in the head that they had to be a certain way to be deemed a man or worthy and also the women who have had daddy issues as far as daddy leaving god forbid daddy touching them or doing things and then they really should have been doing so now they look for other men to be their daddies when they don't really need that they just need to be believe in themselves more and know that dads can be overrated it's the mothers that do a lot of the work carry the load literally giving birth to the child and 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 you know, being the life source for that child while in the womb and everything too. But if you're able to get a good father in the mix, hey, hats off to you. Those of you that play the role properly and those doing the job as you should. Because to cap that off, if you make a child and you know at some point, once you bust your nut, once you unload your sperm into the woman and it's doing a whole process of, you know, coexisting with the egg and everything happens from there too whatever and you know you know inside your head your heart whatever you don't want to be there don't feel so bad don't think you feeling bad for the child is going to make anything better and you're there begrudgingly or you're there against your will leave leave her leave the child him her it leave them behind Go do whatever you got to do with yourself, with your own life, a.k.a. go fuck yourself. Don't contribute anymore to what's already so fucking heartbreaking to see all these fathers walk out eventually because they said, oh, I have to stick it out because I got to raise the kid, but like the kid makes it to five, ten, whatever. They've already etched this fucking memory in the head of who their father is, and then all of a sudden, you're gone just because you couldn't take it no more. If you're that big of a fucking pussy and you're going to give in halfway through, a quarter of the way through, whatever, the child's already there and compromised, 
you're an asshole. You're a piece of shit. You deserve to fucking die and drop dead because you are of no use to that person, to the other parent you fucking took by the hand and made a child with, and to this society, mankind, planet, just fucking drop dead. I wish Dr. Kevorkian was around and you make special exceptions to be like, oh, you're a deadbeat? All right, let me take care of you. Strap you down to a fucking hospital bed, inject you, and take you out of here. Put you out of your fucking misery, because you're fucking misery in the living flesh. You're of no good use. I'd much rather, I plead and I beg, if you're out there and you know what you're doing, you stop yourself before you can, just because the child will be much better off not having any sort of memory of you, not knowing what your face looked like, not knowing what your voice sounded like whatsoever, go about your merry way because you traumatize them that much more because you always make them wonder as old as they get, as successful as they get without you in their lives too, unfortunately in the back of their minds is always going to be that one lingering little thought, why don't my daddy want me? The best example of that shit is motherfucking that episode of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air uh, daddy, Papa's got a brand new excuse. When his dad comes back out of nowhere, he's already practically in college, a grown-ass man too, and all these emotions come back inside him like, oh man, my dad's back finally kind of thing. It slowly grew into like what it became, and then of course we got that old uh, last scene in that episode which makes everybody cry if I randomly catch that episode still on TV. I still can't fucking sit through it without crying myself too because it just reflects too much of what went on with my own personal fucking experience. So yeah, stop being dicks, stop being scumbags, stop being fucking pussies and just walk the fuck out and walk out for good. Don't think I'll leave, I'll, I'll take a 10 year break, come back when they're older, maybe they'll be cooler, maybe I'll be able to talk to them more, whatever, no. If you do decide to come back, they have to accept you, one, and two, you better fucking stick the course. Because I'm sure, I, I hope, I pray, there's a special part of fucking hell, save for all you assholes, that ain't man enough to stick around for the sake of the child. That's that for fucking Father's Day. I needed to get that off my chest just because, you know what, I wanted to share that with anybody else who might have gone through a similar enough experience as I did. I'm not going to say my experience was worse than others because I know, I'm, I'm goddamn sure, there's a lot more of you out there, whoever's out there listening, watching, whatever, or whoever I don't even know like that that's watching or listening, whatever, that probably may, may have gone through worse, similar enough, more traumatizing, whatever. Shout-outs to you for making it through. You're here now, and I'm sure you got a lot more to fucking deliver and get back to the planet. Just like, sorry, in opposition of what your parent offered to you, the absentee parent offered to you. Nothing. So, sayonara, sucker, fuck you, everything too. And also, this is the one and only time I'll be fucking doing anything related to Father's Day. Uh, or touching on my father and those issues ever again because uh, I just need to get over that, you know. I'm sure there's therapy. I'm sure there's, like, whatever practices I can use to, like, get over that too as well. But I, I think this is the best outlet for me, too, to do it. So at least to share, put it out there. If you've gone through anything similar close enough, then I hope you found this at least engaging, entertaining, and relatable enough to be like, you know what? I hear you, I see you, and whatever, whatever, whatever you take from this shit. I appreciate you for listening and hearing me bitch about Father's Day. Well, on the more fun stuff relating or regarding fathers. How about celebrity fathers for once? I gotta say, and I gotta give a big ass fucking shout out to a father four times in a row now, con uh, consecutively, successfully, and sexually active at least four times with that beautiful statuesque woman Kim Kardashian I'm talking about Kanye West or, or yay excuse me yay I think legally now I know I know I'm bipolar on and off hot and cold as far as my relationship or fandom with Kanye is concerned yay excuse me but I do gotta give him a shout out and praise for what he gave to another father uh shout out to cons the cons are consequence you know queens in the building queens get the money always that's always vital and essential to make clear Kanye gave him a beat for that new single of his, Bloodstain, which is fucking fire. 
If I could turn my head into a fire emoji right now, I would just to symbolize and emphasize how fucking fire, how fucking amazing that beat is. It's uh, crazy. It's a banger, I'd say. But then again, I'm an old head, so it reminds me mainly why I love it so much is that it reminds me of that old Kanye vibe. That old, you know, sped up soul sample with the fucking perfectly layered underneath it beat to go with it, drums, loop, whatever, too. It just reminds me of old fucking Ye energy. I know we're all crying still about old Kanye and all this stuff, too. The new Kanye ain't bad either, but when and if he does, he show up. Uh, you know, it's enjoyable, but still. I, I love that old Kanye, that old college dropout. You know, uh, what's the second album? Graduation. Graduation? No, sorry. Late registration era sound of Kanye because he was, like, untouchable at that time. And I get it. As simple as it as it is concerning his approach with just beat making, you know, finding a fucking sample, throwing it on top of fucking drums that are also sampled and or looped, whatever, too. There is a science to it to be able to make it all sound good and like be so cohesive as it all works out to be. It's genius. As much as I hate to admit, only because how much he loves to run around in circles like a chicken with a head cut off. You know, I'm a genius, I'm a genius, I'm a genius with a big black penis, I'm a genius, I'm a genius. It's hard to admit, it's hard to argue that he is a genius when it comes to that basic approach to producing. The sample, the hunt for the sample, how he makes the sample work with the other samples too, and it all works just perfect. It all fucking gels. Chef's kiss beautifully when it comes to Kanye. So that bloodstained shit is amazing. I love it. I, I've got it on repeat. I've got it on fucking infinite loop almost on Spotify where, you know, I'm only adding and contributing to the numbers played. But, you know, I hope there's more Kanye-esque like that production given the cons and or for Kanye himself too on future shit. Who knows? Speaking of bloodstain, though, listen, and, and besides one to stain the blood of my father, that asshole, that piece of shit, Les Miserables, there's something fascinating about the season we're approaching now. You know, summertime is very close. I think um, officially it's, what, June 23rd or whatever the fuck it is. But Father's Day always falls, I guess, into the weekend or the week leading into summertime officially being here because the good fathers, again, shout out to the good fathers out there, always stuck either barbecuing or grilling outside with the fucking Kiss the Chef apron whatever out there too you know it's it's odd enough how mother's day is all about catering the mom making sure mom does absolutely nothing whatsoever let alone cook or clean the house whatever and we may do a terrible job in comparison to her but at least we're trying to make her feel good with that in comparison how for father's day we fucking make sure that dad has all the meats all the stuff ready for the grill for the barbecue to prep for everybody else to eat, then he eats last, or if he's a fat ass, he'll eat while he's making shit and reserve his slab of meat or burgers for himself too while he's making it. It's just kind of odd. So that's why I guess, you know, the restaurants, the diners, the fast food joints, whatever, prosper, fucking excel in sales on fucking Mother's Day, but fail to make a profit on Father's Day for the most part. I'm just saying that's what it is though too, but on Father's Day, leading into fucking summertime officially being here, what else is kind of mano y mano, hand in hand with fucking summertime, but these goddamn mosquitoes, they're everywhere now. Listen, it's like you can't escape them. They're there, they're ready to suck you off, suck your blood with their thin little fucking needle dick noses and fucking float heavily, fatly around with your blood, teasing you almost with how fucking fucking slow they buzz around too. Carrying your blood, your blood sample everywhere you go. They're like a fucking walking mobile fucking blood vial, right? And it's so tempting and tantalizing to kill them, right? It's just go one good smack on the fucking wall or wherever you catch them. And they're always the easiest one to catch too. Smack up and kill. And then you look at your fucking hand or whatever you use to smack them with. And it's just like a little pool of blood, a blood stain and shit like the... Like when the cavemen used to do the hieroglyphics or they used to kill somebody and smear their blood on the wall and make drawings and shit too. Kind of like that. It kind of feels like you just accomplished like a manhunt or something, successfully carried out the kill and shit too, right? But really, if you think about it, here's the odd part, right? I did some Googling. I did some research. I was to Google for that shit. Oddly enough, if you didn't know this, 
Mosquitoes only live for seven days compared to the common house fly, the one we're never able to catch like that. And we've, you know, developed fly swatters, fly zappers, the zapping lamps and lights, whatever, too, or the one that looks so cool. I may get one myself just because we do get those around here, too. Those, like, salt guns. They look like the water guns, but you fill them up with salt, and they just, like, shoot salt at lightning speed enough to catch these flies like this little one buzzing around me right now i wish i could but i, I can't because if not i'm gonna knock the mic stand over but the common house fly in comparison lives four times as long as seven meaning 28 days almost a whole fucking month meaning the fly will be there to linger long enough to probably catch the dirty bloody tampon speaking of blood stains that's lingering on top of the trash heap because of your girlfriend, wife, whatever, be there, land on it, sniff it, bzz, 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 do its little fly thing on it too, and then buzz off and still live a full fucking month almost before you get the chance to fucking kill it. Because again, I used to use, when I was you know younger and shit, this is showing my age, the roll of newspaper and always trying to go for it. Or because Spanish household, you know, you get the chancleta, Especially your mother's, because my mother had athlete's foot. Athlete's foot and toenail fungus. So believe me when I say her fucking chancletas, her slippers, were always extra stale and extra hard when they landed on your face. And or you would try to plop it, slap it against the wall to catch that fly. So when the fly got it, they got slapped the fuck up, they got killed instantaneously, and if it wasn't the fucking impact, it was at least the fungus lingering on the fucking toe of the saddle that killed them, that did it in. What's this fucking foreign body invading my fly body? No, whatever kind of thing. But the house fly teases us. It's fast enough and nimble enough to get away as soon as you fucking even try to think of, like, landing a blow, it's already out of sight, and it's already making a move. The mosquito, in comparison, though, I guess because it gets weighed down so much by our thick, rich blood, lingers, stays one place, but at least you can fucking catch it right there, right? Immediately. It's it's not fast enough. It just goes so you can catch it. It's like a little life tease, almost. You catch the mosquito that just sucked off your blood, but now the blood that inhabits the palm of your hand or whatever you use... Oddly enough, it's your blood. So you stain yourself with your own blood. It's like you hurt yourself at the end. You let yourself get hurt just to maybe hurt yourself because, you know, I get overly passionate when it comes time to smack these mosquitoes up or flies up. And then next thing you know, oh, yeah, it's my own blood anyway. I, I just took my own blood sample just for fucking shits and giggles, you know. It all sucks. But that's mosquitoes. We're in the fucking season in the midst of it. Knee deep in to this shit, you know. And then the mosquitoes that fucking buzz around when your fucking father, the good ones, of course, shout out to them always, are there grilling and barbecuing and flipping the corn on the cob, whatever, too, and, and buttering potatoes and shit, too, or, or arguing about who brought the good coleslaw, who brought the good potato salad, depending on the ethnicity, whatever, too. I think my mom, whenever we used to go to, like, people's, like, barbecues or whatever, too, she would always try to bring... Not potato salad, we're not black. And then shout out to the good potato salad makers out there too. Not the white potato salad, the black potato salad. That's always the better one. Uh, she would always bring what? Ah, she'd always try to bring drinks. She'd always try to like do the cop out and bring the drinks. She'd always do Pepsi. She's one of those. I, I think there's a thing with Spanish people and Pepsi for some reason. It sounds more Spanish Pepsi than, you know, Coke would. Because, you know, maybe Colombians especially. Shout out to the Colombians. Maybe... They stay away from coke just because it's, a, uh, you know, loosely as a joke associated with cocaine and whatever, too. And then there's enough coke rock allegedly harbored away in Colombia where they don't want to deal with all that. It'll be the butt of that joke, you know. Hey, hey, the Colombians brought coke. No surprise. Ha, 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 ha. Whatever kind of thing. You know what it is. But, um, yeah, there's all that going on. Fucking flies. Mosquitoes suck. Uh, mosquitoes are kind of like, you know, the bad fathers. They're just there. Take what they need from you, and then when you catch it to them, eventually, you just realize, well, it was unnecessary. I, I, I should just let them get away. Next time, I should protect myself with fucking, uh, you know, mosquito repellent or whatever to else. And also, speaking of deadbeat fathers, you might as well lump them into that category being deadbeat fathers, good-for-nothing fathers, no use. 
to anybody whatsoever type of fathers are these fur daddies. Now, I'm not talking about the furries, the, the ones in the furry community, the ones that dress up like animals in costumes just to fuck one another, male or female, they don't fucking care like that either. I'm not talking about them. They will be discussed in a later episode. In a future episode, I'm going to fucking... I'm going to ruin all of them. I'm going to ruin that whole community to excommunicate them permanently for good because they don't deserve to fucking exist. I'm sorry they don't need to be celebrated. They really shouldn't. I'm talking about the fur daddies as far as the parents or the the males in this case, men, that take on pets. I got nothing against pets. I love dogs. I love cats, even though I'm allergic to them too. Uh, all kinds of animals, honestly. I'm, I'm looking to see what my next pet will be. I had a dog growing up for like 15 years. And the rest in peace, the brat. That was my fucking good ass, my good little boy. For all those 15 years, I loved that little guy. He was fucking chef's kiss, well-behaved, just a good fucking dog. You can't ask for anything more than that. I am looking for a next pet, but I don't know what yet because I, I want to travel. And if I get a pet, I'm going to be fucking tied down or on the short leash as far as like I can only go so far before, you know, my pet iguana dies without being fed or water or whatever iguanas need maintenance wise. But the fur daddies out there or the men that own pets, nothing wrong with that. I'm all for it. You know, all pets need homes, you know, as long as you got a caring, loving home to give the pet. But if it wasn't bad enough specifically, at least now. I don't mind you carry your pet around. I don't care if you fucking take your dog, your cat, whatever, to the restaurant, the diner, the cafe, sit outside and, you know, throw them a crumb, whatever, or have a doggy dish for them, too. They just want to take in the sun, too. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. The ones I got an issue with now is, number one, I don't know what the fucking rules are where you live. If you ain't in New York, New York City specifically, I don't know what the rules are myself when it comes to these fucking scooter riders. Electric, you know, the ones feet pedaled fucking scooters, whatever, too. The ones you got to stand on, you just fucking ride the whole time, too. I don't know what the rules are. Are they supposed to be on the sidewalk or on the fucking road with other vehicles? I'm confused. But it's like, you ask them, they don't know themselves. You ask police, they're not sure either. They're too fucking busy with a mouthful of donuts and washing down some fucking old coffee, too. Because they'll get all that for free from Dunkin' Donuts. Shout out to Dunkin' Donuts. They ain't afraid to fucking give you a stank face, but immediately cater to the fucking cops once they step foot inside the establishment. But, you know, what else is new? I'm not sure how it works for scooters. If they're supposed to be on the street or on the sidewalk with their fucking scooters. Either way, they're always zipping through, trying to zip through people. I've seen a couple of them spill out. It's always a fucking good time. It's always hilarious, but I never have my phone out in time to catch it, so that part sucks. But they zip on through. They go through uh, different directions in traffic. I'm seeing more often now, specifically in the last two days, I've seen two already. Full-on helmets, elbow pads, wrist guards face visor because i'm i believe the man was asian nothing wrong with that but i'm just saying like most likely because they're the ones that still wear the mask like full-on heavy duty and all that but this guy had a whole face visor along with the helmet to be like okay i'm really out here i'm really safe guys don't worry about me but on top of that attached to his i didn't even know you could do this now they got attachments you can add on to your scooter to the back of it, the back wheel, where you can add on a fucking carrier to put your dog in it, of all things. And these two guys were just zipping by all proud and shit, you know, on the sidewalk, on the roads too, whatever, with their fucking dog attached to the back, dogs passed out, knocked out, whatever, being complete assholes. And on top of fucking zipping through cars, I would hope they're still mindful enough to be like, oh, yeah, my fucking dog's in the back attached to this goddamn scooter. I better not spill out because my dog's going to go over my head, roof, over into fucking open traffic. Uh, God forbid there's a green light. They just get all kinds of ran over before people notice, oh, shit, there was something actually inside the fucking scooter attachment for this dickhead that had the fucking ride through, zip by with a scooter of all things. So no shout outs. Fuck you. Huge one. To all those scooter riders out there, the, the the rebel ones, the ones without the helmets on. I don't care if you guys spell it, honestly. I, I I don't know what the fucking rules are. I wish I could understand or see something in print. 
clear as day to show what the rules are when it comes to the scooter riders. I'm sick and tired of them already because on and off the sidewalk, in between people, going fast as fuck possible every time too, wrong directions, blowing through red lights, stopping cars mid-traffic just because, oh, I don't, the red light doesn't apply to me when I go through, so I'm just going to zip by too, stopping traffic, almost getting hit. And on top of that too, if you hit them, I'm sure, in a vehicle, you're going to be the one coming out of it as the guilty party, most likely, because, of course, fucking schools. We really needed them to fucking take over the roads as they are right now harassing us on the road even on the sidewalk i'm not safe i don't have a car i don't drive but i get fucking harassed too they're like zipping around in circles around me trying to show off now they're trying to do fucking wheelies like the fucking um the 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 motorcycle guys do up and down here Woodhaven boulevard queens boulevard all that too and now they're adding attachments to the back of the scooters which ain't even stable enough because if they come and stop short on the curb if they go over a rock if they get hit by a car what's the first thing flying off the back of the scooter the fucking attachment with god forbid the baby with god forbid the cat the dog the monitor lizard inside the fucking thing, your pet rooster, whatever, too, flying over your head just because you had to spill out because you had to be on your fucking scooter to really fucking ride nowhere, most likely. I don't know. I was actually looking at a scooter myself, too, when I sold my car last year, though, but not the fucking stand-up scooter. I don't know what you call them. Not the stand-up scooter, like the Vespa-esque kind of scooters, like, because I think they still get, like, uh, what was it, 60-something, 70 gallons of gas, uh, per fill up, whatever, I, I, I don't drive, so I don't know how to fucking use the proper terminology to fill up your gas tank, whatever, 70 gallons for the thing, for the vehicle, whatever, but then gas prices now too, shout outs to all you having to survive and endure regardless of how high the gas prices go, driving to work or whatever you gotta do with it, or having to take your vehicle from point A to point B, or whatever you gotta do, If you, especially if you're being a responsible parent, specifically a father, upcoming Father's Day weekend and you gotta consume gas to get to where you're going shout outs God bless you God bless all the good fathers out there too you know who you are I know a lot of yous out there myself personally too many of the fucking name to be honest it's not like I don't want a name or like be specific but I know way too many of you guys out there um yeah I won't even do that because I know I'm gonna forget one or two of yous and then you might take it some sort of way but if it applies to you if you're a good father if you're there for your child Son, daughter, whatever they identify as, eventually just ask Dwayne Wade, of course. He's doing a good job, too, handling all that, you know, um, professionally, all that, too. Shout-outs to you. Happy Father's Day to the good fathers out there, the ones that are present in their children's lives. I can't stress that enough. Thank you for doing so. And for still selling the image of there are good fathers out there, you just got to fucking seek them out, and they got to be willing to be good fathers, first and foremost. Thanks for tuning into this episode very long-winded, very all over the place. I know much more than you might have expected to hear from me on a personal aspect or a personal tip, but every so often, I got to do it. Shout-outs to you. You'll get over the fucking scars, the, the, the hurt, the pain of your father not being there if you're currently going through it or if you went through it and it still kind of bothers you, kind of lingers still with you, even up to a certain age, however old you may be, whatever. Shout-outs to you. I'm here for you. Reach out to me. We can touch on that as much as you want to as well. If you have the benefit of having a good father or you had a good father in your life that may have passed on, rest in peace. And God bless him, the memories, all that too. Don't forget to tune in to our Fuck It. New episodes every Friday. Here, the video version as you look at me. I'm not a father, of course, but I am stressed out as fuck. Just look at my forehead. It's all wrinkled and shit too. I need to shave my head again. Because that's part of the maintenance as far as being a bald man's concerned. The video version of our oh, fuck it. Always up on YouTube.com backslash who this is one. Thanks for tuning in there to the video version. Been getting some good numbers as of late. I'm impressed and I'm thankful for that. I'm grateful for that too. Please make sure still though to subscribe, like, follow, share. Share with a friend, comment, do whatever you got to do with it too. Like, unlike, whatever the fuck you feel like doing. It doesn't matter to me. As long as I get my numbers in, that's fine. It, it means I'm making a difference. The audio version is also available on any podcasting platform of your choice, preference, choosing, etc., etc. It's like the colors of the rainbow. There's too many to fucking name. You choose one that's your favorite. You use that to fucking listen. 
in on this episode as well as a brand new episode coming as well of who has been watching my movie slash tv review podcast brand new episode comeback episode real soon available too on youtube and or audio version as i mentioned every podcast platform available that you may know of that you may think of etc etc don't forget tiktok instagram twitter at who this is one for me to catch me to keep updated with me what i'm doing what i'm thinking what i'm saying most likely when new episodes drop also, please don't forget twitch.tv backslash who this is one for live streaming action as far as me playing games badly, aka the bad gamer, bald, angry, dumb gamer. Not done on purpose, but because I am bald, I am angry, and I am dumb, meaning I got no fucking motor skills meant for video games, but I try my hardest not to be that bad. I just happen to suck. Yo, it's over. All right, it's over. It's over. Yeah. Move the mic. Move the bike. Thank you. All right.